This is Jason from Dreams and Trash Podcast. Who are you, wonderful person? Uh, this is Oscar, the co-host of Dreams and Trash. We'd like to come in by saying thank you for all the views and listens we got on the last two episodes. It's been wonderful. We are glad to enjoy the content and we'll keep keeping up. Get more interesting content up for you guys. And hey, let's see what's happening, what happens next. And thank you for all of your comments and criticisms too. Uh, thank you. We're, thank working, you. Yeah, we're working really hard and we're going to make everything a lot better and mm-hmm. obviously deliver some wonderful content for our listeners. Mm. So, with that being said, it's time to go into the next episode. Please enjoy. Hello, Oscar. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. How are you doing? I am okay. How are you doing? I'm actually... I'm living a new life now. So, like I told you last time when we last spoke, I took a paid vacation for two weeks to come to Osaka yeah. City. You're no longer a country boy. No longer a country boy. Now you're living in the big city, yeah? Moving up in life. Only until next week. Only until next week. (laughs) So the thing is, uh, my wife is going, is training in a different city. So I'm here with my child alone. And man, I'm actually, I'm living the single parent life right right now, you know? I'm a single parent for the moment, you know? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, how does that feel, being a single parent? It's tough. It's tough. Let me tell you why. Like, Like, honestly... This, these two weeks have made me really appreciate the power people have when they're raising a child alone. Like, especially a kid this young, you can't leave them alone for a second. You cannot leave them alone for a second. Like, you know how, like, if I was with my wife and the kid, I could maybe look at my phone and look at, watch TV, you know, or, or do anything online, you know, just waste time. Well, one of us, one of us would be doing our own thing while the other is looking at the child, right? But when you're alone, you have to dedicate all your attention to the kid. Because the kid may decide to climb a table and jump, you know, or take or put a socket in their mouth. They, they can do anything. You know? Yeah, we've talked about this before. <laughs> Kids at that age, they always find yeah. a way to kill themselves. Like exactly. it's, it's, like the, <laughs> it's like they're trying to kill themselves. And it's like you're exactly. on permanent suicide watch. Exactly, exactly. And like, I think we said this before as a way by like, as, as grownups, I guess, as you, as you grow, you develop imagination. And the, your imagination tells you, if I do this, I'll probably get hurt, right? It's, yep. it's common sense. If I if I take the knife and put it in my stomach, I'll probably bleed out and die. You know? But the kid is like, huh, let's see what happens when I do this. <laughs> yeah, like we've talked about this before, but like it's, it's that simulation that you run in your mind. Mm-hmm. And like as you grow older, that simulation becomes more optimized and more connected mm-hmm. with reality, right? You know, as an adult, hey, if I climb this tree, I might fall down. And that's like, oh, I'll break my leg. That's a month in hospital. You know, who knows how long it'll take in rehab and stuff like that. You, you can do the math real quick. The consequences exactly. of what it means to actually climb this tree, right? Exactly, exactly. And a kid will do that exact same simulation in their minds. Mm-hmm. And in their minds, they'll be like, they don't see the consequences. It'll just be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, because the program is... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say it's outdated, but it's like it still hasn't gotten the experience, that life yes, experience yes, yet. Yes. So it, 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 it's, it doesn't know how to put all of the variables together. So yeah. that being said, the kids just, they don't think about it. No, they just go no, like, no. they see a tree and it's like, I'm going to climb that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And before you know it, they fall down, they've broken a boat. <laughs> they're crying you as the adults are just like ah damn it you know you have to take them to hospital i don't know a month or two months 
in rehab yeah. or in hospital yeah in hospital they have to heal you, as soon as they're out of the hospital they're trying it again they're trying the same thing again of course like, dude i told you i told you you're gonna get hurt but okay <laughs> the only thing and as adult is that you you hope that they learn right when whenever that mm. happens that they learn you, 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 I mean, like, you can't follow them forever as an adult no, you, or as a caretaker no, yeah like, even as adults right like here's the thing we're supposed to learn from mistakes and get better right oh yeah do we we really do we really though do we really i mean like my i'm gonna make the the hypothesis that we learn for our mistakes only to make new mistakes right not even not even necessarily but like someone will say okay when you learn from mistake a mistake mistake b will be a better mistake like a more improved version of mistake a like you're becoming better you're growing up like if i do a deadlift and i hurt my back the next time I'm going to do a deadlift, I'll have the right form. So the next time I had my back, it won't be because of poor form, but because of I got in a good workout, right? That's the assumption. But that doesn't really translate into everyday life. Whereby if I, like, okay, let's talk about alcohol. I know if I drink three cans of beer, I'll get wasted tonight, right? Are you an alcoholic, Oscar? That's that's neither here nor there in this program. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just answer the question? Are you an alcoholic? It's a yes or no, no question. I haven't had a drink in almost two weeks. I haven't had a drink. Are you weeks. an alcoholic, Oscar Ruto? I will say that I do fight with the demon that is alcoholism. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, I'll, I'll I, take I, that answer. Okay. I, it's, it's, to, mm-hmm. Listen, to say I'm an alcoholic is man. That's a very big umbrella term. Like I'm not, I'm not passing out drunk every day, right? I'm not losing. I've never, I've never fought with someone because I'm drunk. Are you I've sure never, about that? Are you really no, actually, sure about that? I've never, I've never got into a fight when I'm drunk. I mean, not a physical fight. Maybe just a verbal argument, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I've never, I've never passed out in the streets. Okay, okay, okay. But I do fight with the demon that is alcoholism, which I believe is something that I do have in me, because what happens is that. Okay, so when I first came to Japan. When I, okay, when I was in USIU, like in my first, second year of USIU. What I is what is USIU and where is USIU it? USIU was our university in back in Kenya, United States International University in Nairobi. A very good school. Thank you for thank you for making me point that out. Thank you. Anyway, oh, so I, wait, 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 wait. You, you, so saying, just just quick point, quick point. Do you believe mm-hmm. now it it was a good school? Yeah, it was a wonderful school. It was a wonderful school. I mean, we were, we were living in a bubble. USIU is a very big bubble within Nairobi City. It's like it's unlike anything else in Nairobi, right? It is. It is. It is. Okay, sorry. Just continue your point. We'll get to USIU, actually. I think okay, that's so all. Like, yeah. It's a new, a different rabbit hole. Anyway, so when I was in USIU, my first second year, I barely used to drink alcohol, right? Maybe I would drink like once a month, maybe even less than that, right? When we used to go out once in a while to tortillas to the club near USIU. Yeah, yeah. But when I came to Japan, like, so I only went to USIU, to USIU because I was told by going there and if i have a high gpa i can get a scholarship to come to japan or an exchange program so i worked hard my first two years maintained a high gpa was a, a club chairman i was captain of a softball team and i got the scholarship to come to japan and i was really excited about coming here but when i got here i realized i'm so lonely you know i don't enjoy being here as much as my imagine imagination made me believe i would enjoy to be here right? wait you were single the first time you came to japan no no i had a girlfriend back in kenya Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was very lonely when I came here. And my first month was... It was good, it was good, but inside I was feeling lonely. I missed my friends and family back home, right? 
It's and it's not home, right? It's not home exactly. So yeah. I was homesick. I was pretty much homesick. So I remember. So there was like one Kenyan girl who was in the same university with me. And during like spring break, we organized. We planned to go to Tokyo together. I mean, my university was in Osaka City, not in the city, but in Osaka Prefecture. So we planned a trip to go to Tokyo. And when I was in Tokyo, I went to a, a bar, right? And that was my first time in Japan to drink. And I drank. Wait, and I drank. Uh, up until that point, she had not taken no. one sip of alcohol. No, because I wasn't much of a drinker. I didn't. I didn't really think about drinking. I didn't think about it. Even so it was like okay. a month, two months in, like maybe something like two months in, probably. I didn't. I didn't drink anything, no alcohol at all, because I, I just never thought about it. I didn't. I was in Japan. I was like taking the train, go out for going for random train train rides, seeing the city, going to Osaka City. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I never went out to drink. I didn't even buy a drink from the convenience store to drink in the in the dormitories. So I went to Tokyo and I went to this this wonderful pub. It was a British pub, and I got drunk for the first time in Japan. And something unique happened. Something that had never happened to me before. I got drunk, and people told me, "Oscar, you're a fun drunk." And you can imagine, like something clicked in my brain. Huh? People like me when I'm drunk. People seem to like me when I'm drunk. So what did I do? I just kept on drinking. You're like, drinking. You're like yeah. sober Oscar. Now nah, fuck that guy. Exactly, exactly. Like sober Oscar is boring. He's not interesting. He's not witty. He's not funny. But drunk Oscar, everyone seems to like that guy. So I'm gonna maintain that guy. He's gonna turn up all the fucking time. And then the demons began. It was exactly, born. Exactly, exactly. Like there's this interesting, interesting uh, quote I read yesterday. It says, "In the absence of structure." Tendency will prevail. Tendency and habits. That makes sense, honestly. Yes. Yes. There was, I had no structure, so the tendency to drink, to maintain that social, that social control, prevailed, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kept on drinking, and I remember, like, I, that one year I was in Japan, I drank way too much, way too much. I, I was, I used, I was looking forward to go out and get drunk. And yeah. it got to a point whereby I wasn't even drinking to have a good time with with my friends. I was just drinking for the sake of drinking, you know. I definitely understand that one. Yeah, yeah. I had a similar experience back in Nairobi when I was just mm-hmm. working as a graphics designer. There was times where I was just looking for opportunities to escape my room, you know, and mm-hmm. just go drinking. And mm-hmm. like what you're saying, it wasn't even just about like I enjoyed. There was a circle of friends I really enjoyed going out with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're the ones who like really kept kept me sane during that period. Because mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. else might like I had a few drinking buddies. Those guys was just like, like again, you know what I'm talking about. You're not really like friends, friends. You just like going mm-hmm. out and drinking together. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it it promoted a very unhealthy lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. I was just drinking. I was barely working out. I was eating a lot of junk food. Like I wasn't cleaning my room consistently. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was really bad, you know. And it was definitely more of like it was both like adapting to a new lifestyle because at the mm-hmm. time that was like my first job, right? First job mm-hmm. and being away from home and out of mm-hmm. like, uh, my parents weren't helping me financially, so I was just mm-hmm. like completely alone, completely mm-hmm. on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. And I held that with a sense of pride. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I was still not like really holding full responsibility for my own life, right? Mm-hmm. Like I thought, like, hey, I'm paying my bills, so no one can tell me shit. But then it's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, you have a room, you have to clean it up. 
you have to do these things because this 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 tiny room that tiny apartment i had oh it wasn't tiny it was actually kind of big way bigger than the one i have in japan but point is it's like that that apartment is mm-hmm. like the realm of control i have in the in the universe literally mm-hmm. and it's like hey you want to try and do all of these things you want to try and like get big and like do that in graphics design or whatever you know i had my own dreams i had my own like aspirations or stuff right mm-hmm. it's like how are you gonna do that if you don't clean your room you know mm-hmm. so it was just like i was avoiding responsibility i was avoiding responsibility i thought like hey i got the adult game on lockdown so mm-hmm. fuck everything else and i can drink whenever i want but it's like yeah, and, and that thing that thing like like saying like okay i'm an adult now i can do whatever i like you know it's like what what i've come to realize like leaving my parents home getting married having my kid like being a father being a husband and like being responsible for my own finances i've come to realize that most people don't know what they're doing right they will just figure things out along the way yeah but as a as a child you look up as a, at the adults and believe that they know they seem to know what's going on the, you, you, now, like, it's like it's like, it's like they've learned everything you know you, you yeah, feel like exactly. they've just like at that point they just know everything exactly. mom and dad even, just know this shit even like running the simulation in my head i can realize looking back into my past i can recall conversations i between my mother and my father whereby now i can i can see that that conversation was them trying to figure things out they didn't know what was going on but as a child listen to those big words like finance and money and investments i thought oh wow they know everything <laughs> you know it's like but no one knows anything <laughs> we're all idiots <laughs> we're actually we're in the grand scale of the universe not even the universe of this capitalistic world we are all children we are all children i mom and dad like up until a certain age mom and dad are basically like gods you know yes yes, yes. they're basically gods they're like the caretakers the 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 first the, like the all-knowing father you know mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. very much divine in your world as a kid mm-hmm. like if anything goes wrong mom and dad will fix it mm-hmm. mom and dad will be there you know mm-hmm. and i i guess that's why like kids who get abandoned or kids mm-hmm. who like lose a parent it messes them up psychologically right like it does it does for life like being losing a parent or like being abandoned at such a young age like it, it it just affects your psyche and it like it cuts so deep that most kids who get abandoned have issues that like overlines their personality and like forms who they are as adults like literally mom can leave you at 5 or 6 Oscar and like mm-hmm. that determines who you are at like age 23 age 24 yeah problem with women you know maybe you might be a needy man you might want love you want my, like you want attention and love from women cuz you know When you are baby that, mom left you. I think that's okay, just so, so have, insane, you know. I have a counterpoint to this whereby there are moments where I do feel like I'm a needy man. I feel like I I I feel like I deserve all the love of a certain woman, right? And when I don't receive a certain level of love, I get angry and frustrated. And I feel like I want all of their attention, not all women, but like my wife for instance, right? I feel like I want all of her attention. and if she does not give me that i feel like there's something going on but my mother didn't abandon me i grew up with both my parents they both loved me i felt their love but i still feel that way to this day like like i've told you before i'm a very jealous man 
and I think I've expressed that to you, like in a very real, real But I think right? you just answered your own question. You're a jealous man. But yeah, that, but, why, but my why? my point was mostly like, hey, like, it's a very that like when you're young, that's a very sensitive period mm-hmm. for a human being. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that happen at that age forms who they are like decades mm-hmm. later. That that was my mm-hmm. point. I was just giving an example. The whole like being abandoned by your mother thing. That was just an example. Mm-hmm. But there's all like other instances. Like I know like girls like the famous like uh, textbook case of like girls with like girls with daddy boy issues. problems yeah and daddy yeah. issues it's the girls who usually have daddy issues right dad mm-hmm. wasn't always around so they don't form that base model in their minds or base yeah that base model of what a man should be like right mm-hmm. like we've talked about this if, if you see your like your dad a, as a girl if you, the first person that you ever interact with like of the opposite sex is like your mother for us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. for for girls it's the father right mm, mm, mm. so you formulate hey okay i don't want to get too into like i feel like i'll touch on the edifice complex of it but i don't want to get into that but the point is, is that hey you start that's where everything begins that's where all of your basic ideas of what the opposite sex is like is formed mm. it's through like your mother or through your father agreed 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 so when that isn't there, when that's taken away, it's like, I guess now the world is the one that has to teach you and give you those, like, has to input that information. You have to take that information from the world in order to form those base ideas or the base models. And if you live in a shitty environment, then... Exactly, exactly. In a poisonous environment, then, like, you're fucked, right? You'll be around all of these toxic, like, men or women, and then it's like, if you form ideas of opposite sex based on those people mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. human beings then it's like mm-hmm. you're done like it's almost like the next okay maybe you're not done done but it's like you're basically fucked yeah. for a very yeah. long time you'll have like these fucked up ideas i was talking to a friend recently about uh dehumanization right and i was making the point that uh, as a man right like i'm a married guy right and there are times whereby I look at a beautiful woman and imagine what it what it would be like for that woman to be my wife. And of course, I'm making the comparison of a real human being with a personality, my wife, and a human being whose personality, at least from my point of view, is non-existent, right? Yep. And imagining that her non-existent personality, because I know nothing about this woman B, is probably going to be better than my wife's personality because I do know her, right? You've been and, with like your wife, you've seen her flaws, exactly. you've seen her ugly side and everything. But with this exactly. other woman, all you've seen is like the book cover, right? Exactly. You so haven't seen the contents she, of the book. She's much better. It's like, to some degree, I'm dehumanizing her, right? I'm turning that thing into a thing. I'm, make, I'm just, I want it to remain a thing, right? I would, say, thing. I would say you're simplifying her. Like this complex, uh, this complex object, a complex being. You're just reducing all of those multiple dimensions she has. That she can't see, obviously, until you like spend but time with I, her. I wouldn't call it simplifying because like all human beings do this right whereby like I, I think I've told you this before whereby when you look at a person okay when you look at a human being you're not really seeing a person you're seeing a body you're seeing a body and, at, and at, until you interact with them for a certain amount of time they will always remain a body and if okay let's say you meet person A right and the only thing you talk about person you talk about with person A is politics for instance right person A becomes 
person A that likes politics, right? Because that's that's all you ever converse with them about. You know nothing about their lives. It's like this person only loves politics, right? Uh-huh. But if you live with person A, now politics seems seems to be the least interesting thing about them, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. So like until you spend enough time with a human being, that thing is not a human being. It's just a thing. It is an object. And it works in reverse until someone interacts with you for them you're an object because like when you look at that thing that object you portray you portray your own ideas and your own opinions onto them oh they're white and they're wearing an american flag as a, an Amer- a mask with an american flag oh they must be a republican who supports trump okay so let's say we started um, a gym membership right mm-hmm. we meet this guy called um let's call him jeff right mm-hmm. jeff is from the uk and mm-hmm. you only see him see him when you go to the gym on Fridays, mm-hmm. but he's he's he has enough of a personality or he has mm-hmm. enough of an aura that he stands out to you every time you enter the gym. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, to you in your mind, whenever you see him, is like, "Hey, that's the UK guy from the gym," and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the marker you have exactly. in your head, exactly. that file exactly. that you have in your head about Jeff. Exactly, exactly. And that's all Jeff is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yet you know, if you really think about it, that Jeff is probably leave, living. He's a complex being, just like you. He has mm-hmm. so many facets of his life mm-hmm. that he's living a life just as complex as yours. Just mm-hmm. as complex. It's full of ups and full of full of downs. Mm-hmm. But as a human being, you don't think about that, like what you are saying. But he's like, you can't think about that. But we don't have the bandwidth to think about that in this world we're living in. Because like, I have to think about my bills and my job. And my kid, and what what I'll make for dinner tonight, right? Your world alone is insanely complicated. Exactly. So now, let, now, can you imagine multiplying that by two? Think of somebody yeah, else's no. world too. It's it like it can't, it can't work. It can't work. It can't work. And that's and that's why that's why, and that's that's a, why like yeah. with kids, you have to keep kids in your in your home only until a certain age. Beyond that age, they become too complicated as well that you can't deal with them anymore. Okay, okay. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. I was also going to say, but after a certain age, you kind of need the world to teach them things. Because mm, 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 mm. if, if, if they're always under your arm, always in your circle, mm-hmm. they'll become grown infants, right? Because they'll, they'll know, ah, if anything goes wrong, dad will always come and rescue me, you know? Mm, mm, mm. And like, man, they need to go out there and just... What they need to go on the journey of the world and become mm-hmm. people themselves, mm-hmm. and I feel like people can't become like themselves or they can't find who they are really mm-hmm. without stepping out there, even if it's just a little bit, right? Yes, yes, yes. Go and experience the challenge and suffering, go and see what suffering is, you know. Because I'm so grateful coming to Japan, like, mm-hmm. man, Japan has just been humbling left, right, and center. <laughs> Oh man, let me let me give just, you an experience I had last humbling. week. What? Let me give you a humbling experience I had last week. Last week I was going to a bank to open an account, right? Uh-huh. And you know how in Japan they have keigo, like the ultra polite Japanese language, right? Yes. And as me as a person who wasn't taking the time to actually to pr- 
to give Japanese language the proper study it deserves. You know, I, you and I have been learning Japanese the first time. Exactly. You know, <laughs> you know we only see, but we know some Keiko. Like we hear it all the time in the train and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We know the the, thing, the normal stuff we usually hear in the train in a restaurant, right? Yeah. Now I went to a bank to open a bank account, right? And the humbling experience whereby they're speaking to me in a language that it's like I've never heard this language before, you know? Because here's the thing with Japanese people, right? When you go to a bank, right? And like they know, they can say, okay, he's a foreigner. He probably doesn't understand enough of Japanese. If I, I, let me try to be more polite so he doesn't become frustrated. Now for a Japanese person, becoming more polite is using more keigo, which is actually making me more confused, right? Wait, wait, but why didn't you just yeah. tell them to not use keigo? I, I, like, did. Keigo? I did, I was oh, okay. like, I told them, I told them, okay, you have to speak like an elementary school school kid. There's no way I can understand. Right, what the fuck you're right, saying. right, right. Like, you can't be talking to me like I've been living with you and went to university with you. There's there's no way that can work. There's no way that, like, I've been studying Japanese literature. <laughs> so it was so humbling. I'm there in this office with the teller and the bank manager, right? Because the teller, like, I was trying to open up my bank account, but they were telling me because my, the address on my foreigner's card says I'm from Kyushu. I live in Kyushu. I can't open a bank account in Osaka. Oh, you're doing it in Osaka. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. But I was telling them I have to do it here because I need the money in that account in a few days. And there's no way I can go back to Kyushu and come back, right? Because I'm here with my kid alone. Right. So I was explaining this over and over again, but it's like she, was, she kept insisting, no, no, no. So she had to go and call the bank manager. And the bank manager came to me and started using more Keigo and told the manager, no, stop, stop. I already stopped you, the teller, from using Keigo. I can't understand what you're saying you use Keigo. Just uh-huh. use normal Japanese. Uh-huh. And it was so humbling when they were talking to me in Keigo, bro. It was so humbling. Such a humbling... I like, you, you turn into a child. You turn into a child. <laughs> you know, when, you know when you're a child and like your science is ex- explaining how the solar system works for the first time, you're like... What is this guy talking about? You know, and you have all these ideas in your head, like, what if, what if, what if? I was that child just looking blankly into the teacher's eyes, so like, whoa, what are you saying? <laughs> and your world unravels a bit. Every time, every time you hang out like that, your world unravels. Obviously, you remake it after, you know, your yeah. simulation remakes itself, and it's a lot more, your brain is a lot more smarter about things. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that is. Ah, oh, man. It was so humbling. It was so humbling. And there's been so many humbling experiences. I don't even know where to start, man. That that alone is its own podcast, man. Japan. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. because it's like us being young adults, mm-hmm. this being our first like true trip away from home. You know, mm-hmm. you were in Nairobi. I was in Nairobi. Nairobi is like it's still like home, right? Yeah. It wasn't far away from our parents, really. Mm. If things go mm. wrong, like your parents can be there in like hours, literally. Mm, mm, mm. So I don't know if that was like far enough, but now here, you yeah. are truly alone, Oscar. Me and you are truly alone. We have exactly, exactly. We have friends, but family isn't here. Even friends, I'll be like, how many of these friends will really help us if things go wrong? You know, I, we... I know I have two. I have two. Who can say? It's you and Mindo. It's you and Mindo. That's it. I have like one. I think it's you. That's it. Not two. Two, two, two. You and Winner, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Everyone else. And it's funny because you meet like tens of people every week, right? You meet, you're always constantly meeting new, meeting new people, especially if you go to the bar. I don't know when's the last time mm-hmm. we went to the bar. 
you're always meeting new people, always meeting other foreigners and stuff like that. But then in the back of your mind, you're just like, you're not my friend. You're not, my friend. You're not really my friend, <laughs> you know. You're not really my friend. Yeah. We can have fun for tonight, right? Shit, we can have a lot of fun. Almost as if we're brothers, but like, in the end, bro, if anything goes wrong, I can't really call you. I, I wonder if there's like a foreigner's community, like a real community whereby like, the way you can, you know, in Kenya, where like women have these women's groups whereby they put money into a, into a till. Mm-hmm. And every month, like one woman in the group gets all the money and mm-hmm. the, the till goes around by month by month. If there was such an organization for foreigners in Japan, like in, in different cities or different areas, right? Whereby like, let's say you, me, Mindo, winner, whatever, each month we're putting like 2,000 yen in yen each into an into an account right right and once and every month one person in the group gets all the money mm-hmm. and it goes around in a, in a cycle in a cycle right in a circle mm-hmm. now such a group would be really good because the, i don't know about you but there are moments at least for me personally whereby i've experienced financial problems in japan whereby i didn't know who i could ask for help you know i was thinking about that the other day like obviously your situation is a lot more complicated you have a child you have a wife right Mm -hmm. but even as a single person it's just like the problem is still there like it's still Mm -hmm. like i don't it's not it's not clear who i can really count on right yeah yeah yeah. when if things go wrong Mm -hmm. that's like even like oscar if you called me i can help you but obviously there's a certain limit exactly. to how much yeah. i can help you i you can't know? ask you for one million right <laughs> it's just like where well, I, I i i'm i have the same job as you man like one <laughs> million saving one million oh my god <laughs> you're killing me yeah how 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 yeah. now <laughs> so it's like that, that that's why it's important to have multiple people that you can count on right yeah but here's the thing like i think it would be better if it's an organization right because i'm not calling up jason like dude help me out with money i know next month it's my turn to get money from the till right and it's not yeah. like I, I don't have to use all the money i just have to I can just take what i need right and everyone knows everyone knows no matter who gets the till this month next month the month that's going in belongs to person b and we also have the organization also has savings and also we are making investments as an organization right it's an idea it's an idea nothing i actually think it's a very interesting idea yeah because what were you thinking have you been thinking about this yeah i've been thinking about it because come on like i've been through enough financial problems in japan to know that you need backup and maybe your your own personal savings might not be enough right I, i really think we should try doing something like this that would be wonderful right because it's like me and you have ideas. We're wonderful people, by the way. Our minds are very creative. We have ideas for days, but we never actually have thought of something that will actually help someone. Like, exactly. help another person, you know? Yes, yes. Well, me and you are very much like artists. In the sense that we have our own art and we're trying to, like, take things that were that are happening in our minds and put it mm-hmm. to, like, the screen or put it down to paper and stuff like that. I haven't read your poem, by the way. <laughs> but I'll read it. <laughs> anyway, um... That being said, like, this is a very good idea because this will, like, r- it could really, really, like, help other people yeah, and, yeah. like, help other people in their lives. And, and it could just begin with me and you, right? Just every month, we're all putting it, like, 2,000 yen, right? That's something small. It's nothing. 2,000 every month into the, into the, in the, into the account, right? And we talk, to our, uh, to, we talk to people about this idea, the foreigners, right? And we see how big we can get this organization to grow. 
and we make it a proper organization not, not just you and i just talking like i have the atm card no 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 it has to be a proper organization whereby like if you want to withdraw money we like a group of people have to sign sign something so this so one person can withdraw money from the account that's fine yeah it's it's almost like that signing is almost like people are signing a petition to allow you exactly. to like exactly to withdraw like they they're signing on your behalf saying like hey this person really does need this money exactly. and I, exactly. I i i not only allow them i am what i am giving them my permission mm-hmm. to to withdraw this money mm-hmm. for the, for their time in for their time in need you know exactly exactly that would be wonderful right it would it would yeah. it, it it really does make sense and it, it, you know why it works really well because mm-hmm. it would specifically target people who are like me you you happen to be in that group too because you don't have that many friends too but like the point mm-hmm. is that as a foreigner when you come here mm-hmm. man the language barrier oh and then on top of the you know meeting getting like good friends or making good friends as an adult is already hard enough because mm. your lives are so complicated finding somebody else who can like who you can meet with on a consistent basis and then that's mm. just assuming you guys actually get along right and have similar mm. hobbies or similar like preferences and likes and stuff like mm. that that's mm. already huge on its own but like doing that in Kenya or like doing that in another country that speaks English would would be already hard and difficult mm. or challenging right mm. now doing that in Japan where you have this whole idea of like Japanese are like socially conservative and then there's the language barrier too it's like it's yeah, done like, man it's like those are like think, some really bad cards to and be even like have you realized how many foreigners in japan get lost in that that whirlpool of alcohol and women right many foreign men that happens to many foreign men right young men yeah just, and then you know what happens eventually they ruin themselves exactly. whether it's financially or like literally physically and then they have to leave or yeah they get mentally drained and it's just like you know what i can't do this anymore i have to go home yeah like it's you're just with different women every night or every other week right and you're just drunk in between all of these experiences and even during these experiences yeah because that's the only thing that keeps your mind here there's nothing else to appreciate here right because there's that common there's that common idea that many men who come today japanese women are trash back home you know? <laughs> oh, so I think we should explain a little bit about the environment for people yeah. out there who are listening and don't know, right? It's like it's very easy to drink in Japan. The drinking exactly. culture, like I would say, like the barrier for entry in the, like how how would I explain this, Oscar? Do you have a better analogy? It, it's there's no analogy. It's a fact. You can drink in the train. You can drink as you're walking. You can drink in a bus. You can drink everywhere. You can. Drink. <laughs> and alcohol is it cheaper? I think it's the amount of money that you're getting versus the price of alcohol. It's cheap. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Let it's, me it's very it's good it. deal. It's a very good yeah. deal. Let's yeah. just put it like that. So you can drink, and then the alcohol, there's some really strong-ass alcohol in Japan. It's you actually can... called strong. It's actually called strong. That's the name of the alcohol. It's called strong. <laughs> oh, God. So, strong is... What is strong? Uh, strong is so strong is chuhai. Chu, now, yeah. What is chuhai exactly? Originally, chuhai was a mixture of shochu, which is Japanese, Japanese like Japanese vodka. With Japanese, kind of Japanese vodka made from yeah. potatoes, and and like 
in like maybe lemon, like lemon juice or something like that. It's a mixture. Lemon, it's lemon definitely juice. a mixture yeah. of, of, yeah, of a, a bunch mixture. of things. But yeah. now, but the the strong the short the chuha you buy in strong in the can made by the companies which is I think Asahi or Kirin Kirin public. It's vodka and the lemon zest and another flavoring. So it's not it's not shochu. It's vodka. It's actually vodka. It's a mixture of uh, shochu and, shochu. like what you said, carbonated water with lemon. But yes, but, you but can add not, a, you can add no, no. other things in, to it. In yeah. the in the kirin in the can you buy the strong can. It's not shochu. It's vodka. It's vodka, not shochu. Oh really? Yes, yeah, because it's cheaper to use vodka. And for the people who have a, like, who are a little bit lost, what I tried to say is that it's a very dangerous drink. It's basically. nine percent. It's nine percent. But that, but that's a lie. Like, because it's like it's it, the alcohol content <laughs> is a little bit higher than what it's saying. Maybe you know. Let me. So this was this is my first experience with strong. When I was a student in Japan, I went out with some Kenyans, right? And we went to a convenience store, Seven Eleven, and I didn't have so much money, so I just wanted to buy the cheapest drink I could buy. I could get right. So the cheapest drink is obvious. Obvious. It's always strong. Strong is always the cheapest drink. <laughs> <laughs> strong is so cost effective for like exactly. it's so, so good I bought, I bought two of the 500 ml cans remember this was my first time to drink strong i knocked them down within one hour bro and i vomited and passed out i vomited in a guy's car and passed out and this is uh, uh, the alcoholic oscar talking bro because it was my first I, I when i started drinking in japan i was drinking beer not strong i didn't know what strong was back then but then the day I discovered strong, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! It's I wouldn't even call it. You know how bad it is in Okinawa. The company that there's a company in Okinawa that makes a beer called Orion. I think the company is called Orion as well. Uh-huh. And they were making their own version of strong, which was called I think Orion Strong or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. In the beginning of this year or sometime this year, the company stopped producing that strong. Because they said it's causing an alcoholic alcohol alcoholism pandemic in Okinawa. Because the thing with strong, if you take it, <laughs> if you take it slowly, you can enjoy it for the whole night, right? Yes. But then, like your tolerance goes up, 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 up. So now having a, a, like a can of beer no longer does anything to you. And beer is just water at that point. Exactly. Like I think I told you at one point, I could go with four strongs and just feel tipsy. Now, for anyone who's never had strong, someone drinking four strongs and only being tipsy—that's terrible. That is terrible. So, I could drink like back in Nairobi for a whole night, six to like eight beers, right? Easy, mm-hmm. easy. That was like a normal night, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like a normal night where we're dancing and we're like talking shit with friends and stuff like that. We're having a good time, right? Six, eight mm-hmm. beers. That sounds good. In Japan, just two strongs. When I first came here, when we were at your place, when we came first came to your place, and we, you, I think it was with you. It was definitely with you. And we were like, you have to try this trick. And you know, I was very skeptical when you were telling me about how bad it is. You and Mindo were telling me. Mindo's another <laughs> friend of ours, by the way. Yeah. So Mindo and you were telling me about like how bad it is, and I was just like, ah, whatever. Man, I'm 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 I'm, I'm freaking 24 here, I'm man. man. You I'm can't. Man. Yeah, I'm a man. There's no what the hell. Shut up, you guys. You don't know anything. And then you drink it and you're just like, oh, this is not bad. It taste, tastes really good, right? It yeah, it tastes really pretty good. good. It tastes pretty good. It's like juice and like juice and vodka mixed. So yeah, you're just yeah. like, yeah, I can get used to this. 
hey, after the first drink, it's just like it hits you. <laughs> You're just like, ah, what, what just happened? <laughs> like I went from like being normal to as if I drank like four beers, five beers, like in an instant. It's just like, what the hell just happened? I, and then two, like just two. Two. Even now, two is still really good. Like at most, there was one day I drank three, and I felt mm. so fucking drunk. Oh, I was man. so drunk, like I was literally gone. Three, three strongs. Ah, no, you can't. Actually, like if you want to stop drinking, if you want to st- not dive deep into the trenches of alcoholism, just don't drink strong. That's it. Just don't just drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like nowadays, like if I'm just chilling at home, I don't drink strong anymore. I drink a beer because I know, hey. <laughs> If I drink strong, that's like, like a party thing. Like I'm going exactly. out with friends. <laughs> We're trying to have a good time. That to me has now become a club drink. Like yeah. now it's like, oh, when you're just at home, beer's enough, you know? Yeah, one one kind of beer, like 350 ml is good. Yes, exactly. Just one kind of beer. One kind of beer, you have a good dinner and that's a good night right there. Uh, that's a very good strong, night. Strong, strong is what do you call it. Those are the gods of war. The gods of <laughs> wreaking havoc, havoc on your mind, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And going back to this organization idea, um, I think this is definitely something we're going to revisit, whether it's Mm -hmm. talking about here Mm. or talking about it in, like, personally. And we're going to try and see what we can do with this Mm because the idea was, is, like, I know we branched off from what, what, how how people get lost here and, like, the Mm -hmm. kinds of, like, stress uh, relievers foreigners find when they come to japan mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like you don't have that social network your family and friends aren't here it's very hard to create a social network here you know and meet people that you can rely rely on um so alcohol usually becomes something that like attacks you exactly exactly especially as men i think yeah especially as men, especially as men. and um honestly they don't talk about it i think the world in general doesn't talk about that you know how how vulnerable young men are to like loneliness, alcoholism, porn. I think, I think I read an, an article a few two weeks ago about it's it's an Australian art, a UK article, right? And they were saying in the UK that basically thirty two percent of men are suffering from loneliness. Thirty two percent. That's the UK, right? And America, I remember reading about America having a similar pandemic. It was depression mm. and was it depression or loneliness? Oh, I think a mixture of the two. I can't remember yeah, the article like, properly, but like, like let me let me let me give you like an, a real life example of Japan right now. So right now, as I'm talking, I'm next to the balcony, right? And across the, the street, there's a view of a building, an apartment building, right? Yeah. And you know, in Japan, like especially in the city, the apartment buildings in cities are ti- they're tiny. They're tiny. It's just a box. It's it's a, literally just a box, right? And I can see into one of the rooms, one of the apartments, right? Uh-huh. And right, not right now, but I remember on Sunday, I was looking out, I was smoking on the balcony, and I could see that there's one guy, for the whole day, he was just lying in his bed, in his bed, right? The room is so small that he can only fit a bed and a table in the room, right? Damn, man. And that's that's just the that's the whole apartment. That's more and like a just, prison cell or some shit. That's, what, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, that's not your home. It's like you've left work and come back to your cell, you know? <laughs> and at night, when I, after I put the baby to sleep and I come out and have a cigarette, I see him just lying on the bed looking at his phone with the lights off. I'm like, oh my God, how do people live like this? And imagine that guy, maybe maybe he's not originally from Osaka, maybe he's from Kyushu, 
and he only he got a job in Osaka. So him by not having a family in anywhere near him to go and to, to talk to on the weekend, to go and visit on the weekend. So if he's spending his, his whole Sunday just in bed, where are his friends? Where, what's up with his family? And it's very telling, like what you said, that young men in Japan can't take it. Can't take oh. like oh. how they socialize, their social culture in in Japan, right? Because it's very, I, I, it's, it's a little bit even, unique, right? Men, not even Japanese men. Oscar can't take it. I can't take the loneliness in this country. I can't take it. No, but it, it, it's, 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 it's very telling of Japanese men because this is their country. This is their culture. Mm. Now imagine you, Oscar, or me, Jason, mm. as being the foreigner. You basically already, like you're the fish out of water exactly. coming into Japan. Now on top of that, you're, you're trying to like, integrate yourself into the society and like find friends find a lover i don't know whatever you're trying to find like dude it's it's crazy it's really hard it's actually really then, really hard and then here here comes the the push from the opposite direction whereby you can as a man you can actually find a woman in japan right kind right. of easy no, not super easy but it's maybe at least as a kenyan it's kind of it's easy to find a woman in, in japan than it is in kenya but, but I've told you about is, this. I feel like finding love in Japan is... No, no, no. I'm not saying love. I'm not saying love. I'm just saying finding a woman. Oh, not that's... Love. Yeah, that's so but easy. Now, yeah. The problem is this woman might only want to date you so she can say she's dating a foreigner. You're, you're basically... Weird. You're basically... Really weird. Yeah, you're the exotic fruit. You're, you're just an accessory, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's cool. I guess men do it in, in other parts of the world where they just want the, the sexy girlfriends. You can tell your friends, look at what I have, you know? <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. And then, you know, they all ask questions. What's it like to be with him? You know, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, it is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. But it, it hurts. It hurts. Let me say it hurts. It hurts. So I was just going to say that it's so easy to hook up with. Japanese women, they're a lot more promiscuous than they look. Because everyone, there's that image of them being cute and innocent and stuff like that. But <laughs> if you stay around with the country long enough, it's like, no, they're... they can be crazy. You know, they can be, they can be really crazy. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, it's like, like what you're saying, if, to find a woman who really wants to sit down, like in a normal situation where you guys can both speak the language, that's already easy enough right mm-hmm. it's not easy enough sorry rather it's not mm-hmm. easy enough it's a it's a challenging thing you guys have to get over your flaws you have to like find a way to connect with one another and stuff like that and imagine mm-hmm. adding like the whole culture barrier and the language barrier man it's just mm-hmm. like you're alone you're alone and this is why i i i, I like many of you have talked about this it's like how do you come to japan and not speak the language i want to like get to know these people because it's like i speak how exactly I speak a little bit of Japanese, like to a conversational level. I can ask questions. I can give like at some sort of basic answers. I can even tell my own opinions on some mm-hmm. subjects, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I would say I'm like an elementary student type level. It's, yeah. it's kind of there. You, you are probably better because you've been around in the country longer, right? But there are people mm-hmm. who have been here for like five, six years and... And they speak nothing. 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 No Japanese. It's like, man, how do you go... No, but here's the thing. That's How do you go to like, yeah. In Tokyo or Osaka, it's very possible to do that. Because you can be stuck in a foreigner's bubble. It's like, I'm, there's a part of Osaka, Osaka City called like, I think, Kita Horie, Horie, whereby there are many restaurants and shops owned by foreigners, right? So if you want to go to those shops, you don't have to speak Japanese. You can go and do shopping. Go and Is this like an entire street? It's, it's, 
it's yeah it's a neighborhood it's a neighborhood oh, it's a neighborhood it's so like yeah and there's houses too or is it like yeah, a business district apartment. okay apartment, okay apartments well. so like and there are many pri- not private schools uh international schools as well in the in the area yeah in in that part of osaka city right oh that's so, insane it so is i'm a telling you it's yeah. very possible to live in a gaijin gaijin is the japanese word for foreigner it was be stuck in a gaijin bubble whereby you barely use any japanese and now the, the, something similar happened to me whereby when i when i first came to japan i was living in osaka city right then i moved to saga and saga is deep in the country and i assumed by moving to saga my japanese will pick up right but it actually dropped a couple of points and the reason being that in saga i only i the only interaction i have with most japanese people is teaching kids english yeah same same right? same 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 yeah as opposed to osaka i was interacting with people in on various parts of life you know especially being a bartender working in a convenience store i interacted with very many people and my japanese kept getting better and better and i could even see my my parents in law regularly but in saga it's just the students and my family and the students i have to speak to them in english and my wife she speaks to me in japanese but because i am i am not bothered to speak japanese when i get back home from work i just speak english to her right and you're stressed out from work and you're tired <laughs> yeah. so you have so other my, things in your mind yeah so my japanese definitely when i went to saga my japanese definitely went dropped a couple of points my japanese it, it in my normal life has stalled mm-hmm. a bit like i have mm-hmm. to like you said like i have to go out of my way and talk mm-hmm. to people in social mm-hmm. situations in japanese you know mm-hmm. and like again like because we're teaching kids it's like we're supposed to use english but even the yes. few times we can use japanese it's not really a conversation right you're not trying mm-hmm. to like constantly speak to japanese to these kids because you're trying to teach them english so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. It reaches this point where it's like you're not even using Japanese as much as you thought you would be using. Exactly. Exactly. That's the point exactly. That's exactly the point. So like again, you have to put the effort in. Like for me, I'm because I'm really determined to take N3 next year. Explain what N3 is. So that's the Japanese so Japanese proficiency language test. which is basically like an international internationally accepted test mm-hmm. to like show that you can speak Japanese mm-hmm. and it ranges from N5 and 4 and 3 and 2 all the way to like N1 is the last one actually mm-hmm. and yeah and it's N5 is the easiest and then you know it goes up and it gets harder right mm-hmm. the idea is that by the time you're like in N2 you have mm-hmm. enough Japanese to be able to Uh, to read a newspaper to read a newspaper and to be able to like like sort of get your way by in a business situation you can mm-hmm. actually be in a business or own a business with n2 level japanese right and no, then... actually so I, my friend my korean friend he was studying japanese before he, we were both bartenders right and while he while he was a bartender with me he was going to a japanese school so he could get his n2 so he could apply for a japanese company yeah but when he got his n2 he realized that most japanese companies won't take n2 n2 they only take n1 are you serious that's what happened to him and then n1 n1 is basically like 
Man, you're reading like a thesis in Japanese. Exactly. Like it's N1, just... you're, you're better than my wife. You're better than my wife in Japanese. You know? That's what that means. N one is like some ridiculous stuff, man. <laughs> you're almost completely fluent at that point. No, no, no. Almost. N one, no, no. N one, you're you're better than the average Japanese for sure, for sure. Especially when it comes to kanji, you're learning some kanjis exactly. that they never N1. use or never see. N one, you N one, you can write a PhD thesis. You know, you're you're perfect. You're perfect. You're doing N1, you're perfect. Yeah. So uh, N3 is basically like intermediate, you know. Yes. Again, yeah. okay. I would say my Japanese, it's it, it's there. Like, it's kind of there, you know. Okay. It's still... The, my main problem actually is speaking. Like, again, I'm not getting enough speaking pr- uh, practice. Mm-hmm. The one muscle that has really improved, mm-hmm. naturally being around all of the Japanese people, is like yes. my listening. Oh, yes, of course, of course. You're There's, there's so many situations yeah. that I'm just like, bro, I understand what you're telling me, but the vocabulary that i'm using or like the level on which i'm replying to you is so low <laughs> now, let, let me tell you the even, the, the, even like the bigger magic spell that i discovered yeah the yeah. biggest magic spell is being able to overhear a conversation that is not about you or concerning you and understand everything they're saying that's what happens <laughs> in, in our company right I, i've heard conversations the jt's have with each other and i'm just like i 100 percent like maybe not hundred percent, maybe like ninety percent. I understand ninety percent of what you're saying. Yeah. You're talking about this and this person, and how they're like, there's this situation with this parent, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, they, they, they're talking normally to each other, and I think they just assume they've completely forgotten about you. And yeah, they, some... they don't think you can understand. They don't think you can understand. Yeah. <laughs> I've even shocked them once or twice with a few JTs where I, when I reply and I ask them, so what happened to that thing? And they're like, wait, you are listening to this in conversation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't do that. I just, I'd, I'd rather feign ignorance. I just let them think I don't know. I'm and happy with that. <laughs> this really works for the kids we teach, actually. Because yeah. the more I teach, I've realized that speaking English is actually ends up being better for these kids. Because it, mm. it does force them to like... I've, I've gone to enough schools to a point where it's like, when the JT and NT forces the kids to speak in English, they actually try. They actually really do try, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially when they they don't think you can speak Japanese. I went mm-hmm. to I, I covered at a school in Hita. Hita is like mm-hmm. super far away from where I am, um, and it's basically I had to take a bus for like three hours mm-hmm. going there. Mm-hmm. And when I was at that school. Because the auntie, the native teacher there, who teaches them mm-hmm. English, um, mm-hmm. only speaks to them in English because she doesn't know mm-hmm. Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. When they saw me, they thought I was the same. So I was seeing them like try their hardest to explain things to me, especially when things mm-hmm. go wrong. Like mm-hmm. this person did this, you know, with their broken English and stuff like that. But yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. I saw them fighting, man. I'm like, they see an obstacle and they're trying to overcome it. They're trying to overcome this language barrier, and it was just so eye-opening, Oscar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I treat these kids, my kids, as if they're my kids, and, yeah, and that, that's yeah. a little bit of a problem because I sort of cuddle them. I've created a safe area for them, which is good mm-hmm. for like kids who need it. But mm-hmm. there are some kids who are like so smart, and I think you have kids who are very smart too. You're like, mm-hmm. they probably would have would benefit more from being in an only English-only environment. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Which is the complete opposite of when I got here. When I got here, I'm just like, man, I've tried speaking English to these kids. They don't understand what I'm okay. saying. Japanese. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'm speaking Japanese. But the real thing is like, hey, I'm the one who didn't want to persevere through the language barrier. 
Because when I give them a chance to persevere, man, it's, you see amazing things from these kids. Honestly, you generally do see amazing things. I agree. I totally and it's agree. just like, hey, man, why don't you put the same amount of effort some of these like kids who are trying mm, too? Mm, yeah. So now I'm actually really trying not to speak Japanese. It still comes out because, again, we'll kind of, like, a lot of kids have kind of got into a habit. They even mm-hmm. say, oh, Sensei, how was your day? And I asked them, how was your day at school, you know? And we're just yeah. talking like a normal conversation, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, nah, man, I need to speak English. And then, you know, when I speak English to them, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they don't even like, they reply in Japanese. Of and I'm just like, yeah. at least that's the first step. Because now I'm going to start talking to them in only English mm-hmm. and use a lot of gestures. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try and create the habit. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they will be better off because of it, you know. Mm, mm, mm. But yeah, at the same time, because I, I think I still want to talk to them in Japanese. That's the truth. You also want to learn how to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to learn how to speak. So, but that that's not what, what we're getting paid for, unfortunately. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta find a way to like just do what we can. And be responsible mm-hmm. and be professional about it. Mm, exactly, right? exactly. Be professional. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. And again, it's not about not speaking Japanese. It's about reducing it. Just like mm. keeping it at a minimum. And I think that 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 I think the company would be like better off because of it. You know, there's so many JTs who are like at red and okay. So at the lowest levels of what mm-hmm. we teach, so like the mm-hmm. kids between the ages of four and six, mm-hmm. like three and six actually. It's like. A lot, of, a lot of the Japanese teachers, like, they speak Japanese to them most of the time. Because they mm-hmm. said, like, hey, at that age, they're so young, mm-hmm. they're not going to understand anything you say in English. Mm-hmm. So you need to put a bit of a mixture in it. And mm-hmm. at the time, that, I thought that, I, that was, like, to me, like, um, reinforcing what I was thinking. I was just like, yeah, see, I have to speak a lot of Japanese, you know? Mm-hmm. But, again, it was just me trying to run away from that obstacle, the language barrier obstacle. So it's just like, now we got to attack this and they need to improve in English, you know. Mm-hmm. That's one of the humbling experiences I've gotten, you know. Again, like seeing a kid who can overcome the language barrier, it's like, Jason, why don't you try and overcome it, right? You, you have no choice. You live in Kyushu anyway, so you're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So again, now, can you imagine the foreigners who like, don't speak English? How the exactly do you survive in japan we've talked about people who don't speak japanese it's like uh, who speaks russian in japan (laughs) but here's the thing in osaka right there's there's a very big uh, south american community right right and there's some people who have met who only speak japanese and spanish or only just spanish how do you survive because there are many, there's a big Spanish community, and they, I think they actually like, okay. When you, when you when you go to Kyushu, for example, when you go far away from the big cities like Osaka, I don't Tokyo. know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You figure away, man. We are human beings. We can't die, man. You'll figure out a way. You make it work. You when when you go to the city council, when you have to like file your taxes or something like that, or get something sorted with your health insurance, bro. Here's the thing: until you're in that situation, you don't know how you'll deal with it. You don't. <laughs> Man, it's like, it's magic, man. I, I want to talk to some of these people. Like, how do you survive, man? Like, how do you survive? How? How, how, how? You know? Have you... You've never been in a situation whereby, like, you were not expecting this thing to happen. But when you got there, something so bad happened that you had to figure out with sports how to make things work. Of course. I think 
as an adult you get constantly faced with things like that exactly and that's those people man and those are those, and you know, those are the moments that own. really test you as a person yeah. Yeah. it's like hey what you've learned up until now can you <laughs> apply your wisdom to this situation and hopefully not die <laughs> you know because if you die it's game over right for us but dying is like you lose your job and it's like exactly. it's not like a literal death it's like more of like mm. you social death, social, social, social death, death financial death. death that sort of thing yeah 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 but man i always look at my life and think about what what would i lose that right now that i'm willing to let go of what oh sorry what can i lose it right now that i'm willing to let go of say that again what am i what can I lose right now that I am ready to let go of? You know, like if a, another pandemic were to hit. That's a, that's a hard question. Yeah, because we never, like, like now, again, back to my view from the balcony. Like, uh, diagonally from where I am right now, there's a building, right? Uh-huh. And the building, I used, I came here before because this is my the, this apartment I'm staying. I'm staying it right now belongs to my brother-in-law. The building used to be a, a very popular hostel. It was called Sharinko Hostels. It was huge. It was like I think it's like five, six, seven floors. It, it was just the entire building was a hostel. Right. And whenever they used to walk walk past the building before, it was full of foreigners, bustling. It was bustling, right? Uh-huh. And right now the building is shut down, bro. The building is shut down. What happened to it? Corona happened. No tourists are coming in. Because they shut the whole shit down, huh? Yeah, the, no business. Like, if your entire business depends on tourists coming in, and they're no tourists for the whole year, what do you do? You go bust. Done. It's done. You go bye bye. Everything is done. Imagine, imagine, like it was a building. Let's imagine that the owner of this of this hostel took out a massive loan to buy the building so he can have the business. Imagine oh, that's that. that's rough, man. Now that's really bankrupt. rough. Yeah. Bankrupt right and now imagine now that's that's the worst case scenario right for you and i it will just be our company shutting down because hey the japanese government figured out a way to teach kids english in school so they no longer they no longer need companies like like ours yeah 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 and now we go bust now we don't have a job we don't have the japanese language levels to go to just join another company Uh so what do we do what can you do I know I've I've been a lumberjack in the past. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm okay with doing physical labor. I will go deep into that. I'm okay with working in a community. No, no, to, to stay in Japan, physical labor <laughs> is definitely not off the table for me too. Exactly, it's not off the table. It, like I have told this to many people over and over again. Like many people from Kenya, whereby in Kenya there's a certain shame about doing certain jobs, right? For sure. Like being a lumberjack in Kenya, you like you're told that's 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 a bullshit job, right? Don't do that. That's embarrassing. I remember one time when I was, I was in high school, right? Or being a matatu driver, all those exactly. things. Yeah. Yeah. One time I was driving in my was in high school, right? My mother picked me from school, and on the way home, uh, my mother talked to me about drugs and like, oh, drugs are bad, they destroy your life. Just the, way, the things that parents will tell you, you know, just to make sure to to make sure that you're wise, to make you wise, wise you up, right? To straighten you up exactly so like while she was driving giving me this story there were some guys like digging a ditch maybe to make a trench like some it's a ditch for for the water for the water right yeah and my mother told me if you use drugs you'll end up like those guys and back then that scared the living christ out of me that scared me so much right i don't want to end up like those guys right 
But those but guys no. live a hard life, man. That's like they some do. real shit. That job is not easy. No, but here's the thing, right? What's hard? What's hard, right? What what does hard mean? Because I think hard is only relative. You someone will say for you and I to come to Japan and have to learn a new language just to survive here, that seems fucking hard. Right. So hard is only relative. Like if you if you, your job is digging a ditch every day for the whole year, there's going to be a point where it's no longer hard. It's just the way things are, right? Uh-huh. And like even now when I went to the job I was a lumberjack, the first day or two days, man, my shoulders were killing me. They were killing me. But by day three, day four, I got so used to the routine, I was loving it. Whereby I know I have to be up by 6.30. We're going to start work at 7.30. And I'm going to be out in the sun until 12. Then one hour break. And one hour break means I'm going to eat lunch and take a 30-minute nap. Then we're back at it until 4 p.m. It was wonderful. I'm getting and all you, the vitamin but, D, you know. And you're str- basically within that structure, you're, you're, structure, you're, str- you're mm-hmm. striving. You're thriving within exactly. that structure. Exactly. And I'm, yeah, like, I don't need to think about what I'm doing. I just know, go and cut, cut this tree, carry it to the truck. That's it. And I'm learning Japanese from this older, older man. We are, we are talk, talking to in between, in, in between work, we're having a good time. Yeah. It's like, I'm with my band of brothers, right? And we're just lifting shit. It's just, our job is working out for the whole day, right? <laughs> that's, that's the job. <laughs> band of brothers. You know what? That's the name of the episode. Band of brothers. <laughs> that's a good name. Yeah, and like, so that job, and of course I was making good money. In I think in a span of two weeks, I made a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars in two weeks. Wait, a thousand, a hundred thousand yen? Yes, in two weeks, a hundred thousand yen. My God, that yeah. is, I, I forget, you told me this before, but I forgot, that's some good money, man, damn. Oh, great money, that is great money. Now think about this, now, in Japan, there's no shame about Oscar doing that kind of job. A job is a job. Oscar is doing this to feed his family. That's all people see, right? People see the the whole gambateru. Exactly. That gambateru. The uh, yeah, they see the efforts. That's all yeah. they really care about. But in Kenya, people see your place in the social hierarchy. <laughs> you know, that's all and they see. <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't told you, but I'd really love that word. Gambaru or Gambarimas. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> because you know, I realized when when my JT translates it mm-hmm. and she translates it as like a lot of people translate it as like do your best in English, right? I feel mm-hmm. like do your best, this is one of those words that doesn't fully like the mean doesn't fully transfer over like to fight. English. It's like fight. It's like fight, not really do your best. It's like fight, keep fighting. Yes, it's like it's not do your best, it's more of like go through it persevere past it overcome it you know mm. and i'm like I, I don't like it i don't like that word man i don't like it i really don't like it really i really don't like it just I, it's I'm okay the word on its own is a great word but the connotation behind it in the way the japanese people use it i don't like it of course it's their language what am i saying about their language but i just don't like hearing it all the time i don't like hearing it all the time. because i know i'm fucking doing a good job no, but sometimes it's supposed to be a word of encouragement, man. Sometimes you're just not, yeah. Okay, at least as Oscar, I feel like you, 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 you're always pushing me. Why are you pushing me? Why, why, why do you keep pushing me? I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, that's why All I right, I feel no one's pushing us. No one's pushing us, right? Yeah, no one. Oh yeah, no one's following you around, obviously. Exactly. So you, you know what you're supposed to do, 
and if you don't do it you know you, you know the consequences yourself no one has to chase after you right yeah you just do your thing you do your job but i especially when i was a bartender i used to hear that word all the time gambate 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 oh man i got so tired of that work like dude i'm i've been here i'm literally here for 12 hours a night 6 days a week you don't think i'm fucking doing gambaru <laughs> you don't think i'm working hard motherfucker <laughs> I, i find this very funny that you're personally now like it's it's almost like you have ptsd of the word you've been personally triggered by the way i really i really don't like that word and another word i don't another phrase i don't like is yarushkanai do you know this yarushkanai i have to do it there's no choice but to do exactly. it exactly i also hate that phrase man that's another one i that's another one I hate, but there's like, so many times where it's just like you have to do it yarushkanai yeah but i i i know that you don't have to tell me that it's me i'm going to put the thing <laughs> <laughs> all right Oscar. it's over the one hour mark what are your final comments uh my final comments for this episode man i don't really have any final comments because we just we speak out of our ass so much so it's like it's we're freestyling this is a stream of consciousness podcast it's a conversation a that's what i've yeah. loved i'd love to call it exactly a conversation it's just a conversation between two friends and of course we they are bound to many like factual errors our opinions oh yeah do not come to place. this podcast like, expecting to learn something like what no, teachers no, here no 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 no, 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 no. we are fools that's what we are we are fools the one thing we know for sure is that we know absolutely nothing yep that's actually yeah. the one thing that is certain <laughs> exactly <laughs> when it comes to this podcast so like yeah There's a lot of things that you can probably catch us up catch us out on. Yeah, and like hey, like if you if you doubt our facts, if our facts are wrong, hey, it's good. Let comment, us know. Comment We're, below. Exactly. There's a comment section. We're willing to own up for mistakes, you know. We don't have we don't have a young Jamie with us. Young Jamie. <laughs> Jamie pull it up. Jamie pull it up. All right guys, thanks for the listens yeah. and okay. uh see you in the next episode. Oscar. Yeah, good. Well, thank you guys. It was good to be here again. Jason, thank you. All the way from Oita. Thank you. I'm here in Osaka. And we'll see you next week. Isn't it funny that the distance between us has grown, but the audio quality has gotten better? <gasps> It's magic. It's cute, man. That's Saga Internet, man. Saga Internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye-bye, guys. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs>